0: Hello, I'm Erica LaCasse, and this is the Messy Messianic Mama Podcast. Today we'll be talking about the two types of wisdom. Stick around for some hope healing and maybe even some laughs. Welcome once again to another Messy Messianic Mama Podcast. It is the 12th of December, 2022. I hope you all are getting ready for Hanukkah. Next time I speak with you will be the beginning of Hanukkah. <clears throat> and today's tour portion, I should say this week's tour portion, is via Sheph, which means, and he settled. You can find that in Genesis chapter 37, verse 1 to chapter 40, verse 23. Then you can go to the half tour portion, which is Amos chapter 2, verse 6 to chapter three, verse eight. And the Brit Harasha is Acts chapter seven, verse nine through 16. And today I'm going to talk to you about the two types of wisdom is actually kind of a in connected with what I talked about last week, because I actually was learning this from the same conference that I went to last week as well. I actually took quite a few notes, which actually is a big feat for me because I'm not big on taking notes. I never really did homework. I know I'm a great example. I never really did homework uh, in school and was not exactly the best student. That being said, I do want to talk about the two types of wisdom. Hopefully I become wiser my old age and am choosing to do studies and research. In fact, I actually just decided to join... The portion which is what the conference was hosted by—it's something uh, also called the Rooted Cafe uh, that you could find on Facebook. Which they're kind of leaning away from that, just because you know social media can be an issue. But um, they are all about Messianic women coming together and learning more about Yeshua. Now, do I agree with everything they have to say? No. In fact, there was one part of the conference I just couldn't wrap my head around, uh, one of the women who was speaking, uh, talked more about a midrash from, uh, just a rabbi, not from the Bible. And it was very off-putting for me. However, that being said, you have to have discernment and wisdom to know what you should, you know, take with a grain of salt and what you should take as truth. For me, I try my very best to only take what is true from the word of God. So, two types of wisdom. So the two types of wisdom are wisdom from above and wisdom from below. And what I'm going to do is read to you from my Tree of Life Version Bible, James chapter 3, verse 13 to 18. It actually encompasses this very succinctly. So it says, who among you is wise and understanding By his good conduct, let him show his deeds in the gentleness of wisdom. But if you have bitter jealousy and selfish ambition in your heart, do not boast and lie against the truth. This is not the wisdom that comes down from above, but is earthly, unspiritual, demonic. For where jealousy and selfish ambition exist, there is disorder in every evil practice. But the wisdom that is from above is first pure then peaceable, gentle, open to reason, full of mercy and good fruits, impartial, not hypocritical. And the fruit of righteousness is sown in shalom by those who make shalom. That in and of itself, I think kind of speaks volumes and explains it right right there for you. But it's, it's it really breaks it down and it makes it very simple. It's like, okay, well, I shouldn't do these things or obviously this is not of Adonai and these things are of Adonai, but it's a lot easier said than done. For me, I need to pay attention to the words that come out of my mouth. I don't know if you were you the same way as well, but I know sometimes I say things and I think about it later and I think I really shouldn't have said that. That was not a wise thing to say. It was not a kind thing to say, because you also have to, in my opinion, you can be very wise and also maybe even for me, the wisdom and truth go hand in hand, but you also need a little dab of love in there too, because I know for me growing up, I was very honest and very truthful to a fault. So it was very hard for me to make friends. Because I would tell you like I saw it, but I didn't do it with any sort of kindness in my heart. I just told you like, look, this is the reality. This is what I see and this is how it is. And I think that wasn't necessarily, it might have been truthful. It might have been very honest, but it wasn't wise for me to simply spew out of my mouth what it was I was saying without thinking. And even maybe praying about what it is I need to say in this situation before saying anything. And then also thinking, all right, Lord, how can I say this in the kindest way possible? For some people, it comes naturally. I know people who are just so gracious naturally. I don't come by that naturally. I'm just very straightforward. And because of that, I can be very off-putting. So I really strive to be wise with my words, but also Loving as well, the truth part, no problem. I have no problem confrontating, uh, being confrontational when I need to. I have no no problem speaking truth into people's lives, but I need to do it with wisdom and with love. It's very easy, not even easy. Sometimes, if you if you are willing to look internally and follow the patterns of your life, what is it that Adonai is trying to teach you by the patterns that are being relayed in your life? I know there's got to be at least one person in your life who maybe drives you crazy or nuts and you could, for me, there was somebody in my life who, who got on my last nerve, not because <clears throat> they were necessarily, I don't know. I don't, I don't even know how to say it exactly. They just were not necessarily kind. They were not, flowing springs of love and patience, you know, kindness, none of those things. They just were a black hole. You know, you have somebody in your life who's just a black hole in your life. And the reality is typically those people are placed in our lives to teach us something. Whether it be, you know, patience or kindness or self-control or wisdom, all these things. But Adonai places those people in your life for a reason. And if the situation is where those people are no longer in your life and then another person comes in your life who has the same situation or the same thing happening where you are getting so frustrated and saying, why do I have the same, basically it's not the same person, but the same personality, the same character traits. And why is it that I'm attracting these people? And to me, the answer is you're not attracting them. Adonai's testing you. He's trying to grow you so that you can become more like him. And for me, that's absolutely true. I, you know, and it's funny because Adonai places it in a way because he knows I'm confrontational, right? He knows I have no problem sitting down with somebody saying, we have a problem. We need to fix it. Otherwise we can no longer be friends. So he'll place people in my life that I cannot say that to. The first person was my mother-in-law i can't simply say we can no longer have any interactions whatsoever but by adonai's grace he knew that i needed some space i literally laid down the law and said look we have to have these boundaries they have to be set up in order to protect myself and my children i love you but i don't like the way that you are treating me or how you talk to me in front of my children these are the boundaries she did not like those boundaries thankfully by god's grace my husband being in the military We asked to stay on the East coast because our family was on the East coast and military style. Of course, they're like, Oh yeah, sure. No problem. You're going to Hawaii. So thankfully the Holy spirit was preparing me for that because at no point in time have I ever wanted to necessarily travel a lot, but he slowly was working on me to make it a possibility. And when my husband called me, I already knew that we were going to Hawaii. I already knew. And so we went to Hawaii and it gave me four years, four years for I to work on my, to change my heart towards my mother-in-law, right? To change my heart and also to even give me a reprieve to help grow me and strengthen me in ways that I was not strong before so that I could handle those kinds of situations again. Now, when we moved back to North Carolina after four years, I was like, okay, man, I've got this. We're great. We're good. Now we do see his mom every once in a while, but we do have those boundaries. And I think it also enabled her to be able to absorb the fact that this is is real. She really does want these boundaries. This is what's happening. And as of now, it's been what, like 10 years since that. We haven't had any issues since then. And I pray that we continue to be that way. However, Adonai has placed somebody else in my life who I also cannot simply no longer be, you know, I cannot simply sit down with and say we can no longer be friends. And the same situations keep rising. So clearly Adonai is trying to teach me something, right? The same is true in your life. And it doesn't have necessarily be a person. It could simply be a situation. I mean, it could be something as simple as you continue to forget to lock to uh, get your keys before you lock your your door, and then you've locked yourself out of your your car, right? And so you need to to learn, and to get into a habit of remembering things. So, yeah, that's a, that's a very small small thing, but I also believe it's it's so important for us to understand, like the wisdom from above is selfless and peaceful. And it all goes back to what is written in the word. To love out eye, and to love your neighbor as yourself. So when those situations and those trials and those testing come in your life, you are able to recognize it for what it is and to ask the Ruach HaKodesh to help you And to guide you in whatever the situation is in your life. To be pleasing to Adonai, to glorify him instead of taking the wisdom from below, which would be bitter jealousy, selfish ambition, boasting, and then choosing to lie against the truth. Because so easy, it's it's easy to fall into all of those traps. It really is. And I think probably the greatest one, at least for those of us in America, it's selfishness. We are taught in the world that it is only right for us to find our own truth. And that the goal of life is to be happy. Even if that means you have to stomp on everyone else around you. Because you're just living your truth. That is not what the word of God says. Adonai doesn't care if you're happy. I'm sorry, but he doesn't. It doesn't say, and show me in the word where it says, oh, Adonai was pleased because he made his people happy. It's not there. You won't find it. Now, will we become more happy or happiness to me is such a fallacy. It's being joyful is what, where it's at is really what it's at. Okay. So, Having the joy of the Lord renews our strength so that we can continue to glorify Adonai. And when we glorify Adonai, it brings us joy. Which in my mind is a million times better than any form of worldly happiness could possibly give you. So when we're focusing not on ourself, but but in loving the neighbors around us, which means literally any other human being around you, We're loving them. That is showing that we truly are loving Adonai because we cannot possibly love Adonai if we hate those around us. It's not a possibility. We need to learn to master our desires. There's a Hebrew word called Masar or Musar. I do not know how to pronounce it, I apologize. And it means discipline. First and foremost, it means discipline, correction, or to chasten. When I literally, if you just Google it, I Googled it just the Musar meaning, and it says the root for Musar has the sense of discipline, encompassing a way of being a disciplined person. And perhaps painful punishing that creates such character. To discipline someone is to punish them. In context, God is described as doing Musar when God plays a strong man against Pharaoh in Egypt. So that's a really good example, right? He disciplines Pharaoh for his actions against his people. So when you choose to live in Musar, you choose to change your course. Because the reality is the only person you can change is yourself. You can pray for other people to change, but that's not Adonai's heart. His heart is for you. That, that right there is, is being selfless by saying, Lord, change me. I may be happy with the way that I am right now, but I know that it's not necessarily pleasing to you. So change me, create in me a clean heart so that I may become more like your son, Yeshua. Musar is a spiritual practice that enables one to refine their character traits, allowing transformation toward wholeness and holiness. You become aware of who you are in Messiah and living that out in a victorious life. So for me, I think that this, uh, I think it's a really good uh, thing to do. We want to walk toward holiness in the image of Adonai. The goal of Musar practice is to balance those traits. This is your personal soul curriculum or assignment. For me, I really had a hard time wrapping my head around that because I'm not academically inclined. But each of us is assigned to master something in our lives. And you've already been given your assignment and you've already encountered it. Your spiritual curriculum is made up of the issues in your life that keep challenging you, the behaviors that get you into trouble over and over again. Now, for me an ongoing struggle that's something I'm probably going to be, you know, struggling with for my whole life is control. I'd like to think that I'm better than I was. I'd have to ask the people around me. I'm sure my children would disagree with that statement. But I know that that's something that I have to work on. And even, even something as simple as, um, I, you know, a lot of times I don't even think I have pride. But the reality is I do have pride. And, and I realize that when I've, you know, maybe gotten in an argument with my husband. And I want to wait for him to apologize to me before I apologize to him. That, that's pride. So I have to humble myself and say, no, it's not about him. It's about what you are should, supposed to be doing in this moment. Whether or not you were wrong in this instance, there's something here that you do need to apologize for. What is it that you need to apologize for? Because it takes two people to argue. And even giving some of the silent treatment so that you don't have to argue is something you should apologize for. Because that's not something that Adonai wants from you. He wants us to communicate with each other and be in community with each other. Your curriculum is embedded in your personal history. So like any personal, you know, you're basically your personal story, right? Your testimony, like how you were brought up, what you went through, you know, any traumas you went through, any joys that you went through. Life is a test. There's constantly going to be a battle in your mind. You have to... We all have to change our way of thinking, feeling, and acting. And then think about the times in your life where there's repeated circumstances, mistakes, people, and patterns. Think about the daily choices that we're making. Are you maybe guilty of of offending someone and playing the blame game? I know that we're all guilty of that at some point in our lives, right? So we really want to focus on the cycles and patterns of your life. Because when you do that, you're able to truly be honest with yourself and change course so that you can change your your pattern and, and the way that you are walking so that you are walking towards Adonai and not away from him. The sooner you identify the repeated patterns, the habits in your life, the faster you'll experience freedom, change, and transformation. Become aware. How often do we want what we want what we want? And because of that, we're blinded by anything else. And that right there is being selfish. Because you're only thinking about what you want. Instead of thinking about those that are around you. And I would encourage you to start, obviously, with yourself. But while you're starting with yourself, look around you. Look about around by the uh, to the people that you live closest to, the people that you're around the most. How do they interact with you? Do they walk on eggshells when you're around? Are they kind? Do they have an attitude with you? Because their attitude is on them. But it could be indicative of a pattern that you may have created in your life where they've decided it's okay to talk to you that way. For me, it's something that I'm struggling with myself. You know, I have three teenagers in my house and a 20-year-old who lives in the camper behind us. But, you know, I still see him. And I tell you what, it's a struggle. Because there are days where I'm thinking, what have I done wrong where my children have just gone off the deep end and have treated me with disrespect and are rude. Because my first first thought is not even about their uh, behavior. It's how have I created this, this? How can I change this scenario? Which is really the mentality you should have, because once again, you can only change yourself. I can talk to my children and correct their behavior, but they're the ones who have to choose to change that behavior, Right. And so for me, I'm slowly but surely trying my very best to change the way that I interact with my children in the hopes that I will change the pattern of their disrespectful talk and their rudeness. Now, are they always like that? No, they can be an absolute delight, just like all children can be. But as with most people who are, who are dealing with the teenage years, it's a constant struggle because you're dealing with hormones plus children trying to show their independence. So you have to be able to assert your, um, I want to say, I almost want to say dominance or will, but not really. It's, It's really just assert your authority and say, look, I love you, but I am the parent and you need to respect me no matter what's going on. And that for me is just one of the patterns in my life that I'm trying to slowly but surely change in order so that When my children are older, they will continue to want to have a relationship with me. And know that, you know, no matter what the circumstances were, my mother was constantly trying to better herself, and in doing so, try to have a better relationship with me. Hopefully that encouraged you, uh, it spoke to you. It's something that, you know, obviously it's it's something that I struggle with and that I, I deal with on a regular basis. And I'm actually going to probably do, they're actually starting a, a class, I think, on Musar in the portion, I think she said in January, which I plan on actually attending, obviously via online, just because I'd like to learn more about it. Because I, I do believe in order for us to become more and more like Yeshua, we need to focus on ourselves, which is not selfishness. It's simply, how can I become a better human being? How can I become more like you, Yeshua? It's not a, how can I make myself happy? What can I do in this moment that will fulfill my, you know, happy scale? It's how can I glorify you, Adonai, with my life? Now, as I do every single week, I leave you with the Aaronic benediction, which you can find in Numbers chapter 6, verses 24 and 26. <laughs> Shalom. Now may the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face to shine on you and be gracious to you. May the Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you his peace. Bashem Yeshua, shalom in the name of Yeshua, the Prince of Peace. Amen. May you have a fantastic week. Prepare your hearts and minds for Hanukkah, which is next week. I probably will speak on that next week. And just love your families. Love yourself and remember you need to first change yourself, and then you'll be better equipped to change your circumstances. May you have a blessed week. Shavuotov. Please feel free to message me at messymessianicmama.com or you can email me at elmmm3 at protonmail.com. That's E as in echo, L as in lemur. Amazon Mike, Amazon Mike, Amazon Mike, the number three at protonmail.com. Also feel free to leave me a one minute voicemail message at anchor.fm forward slash Erica LaCasse. There's a button on my anchor website that says leave a voicemail. Thank you so much. And remember to leave all messages short and sweet and to the point. And I look forward to hearing from each and every one of you.